dark side, light this bitch up. What is up, everybody? My name is James D. Fury, and this is Blackballed. Okay, we have a friend of the show coming up in about a minute, and I want to preface this by saying that it takes a lot of cojones to run in a by-election that has been a conservative stronghold for a lot of years. The liberals never stand a chance in this particular riding, but our guest today saw an opportunity when Candace Bergen decided to vacate her seat. And um, we want to get right to it because I know Max has a busy schedule. So please, would everyone please welcome to the show, Mr. Maxime Bernier. Max, how are you, buddy? Great. Thank you very much, James. I'm very pleased to be with you. I am pleased to be with you as well. So here it is. Um, People's Party of Canada leader Maxine Bernier to run in Manitoba by-election. You are running in the seat vacated by Candace Bergen. She is considered to be um, sort of an ally, and you might disagree with this, but sort of an ally to sort of the convoy culture that existed in this country uh, when the pandemic happened. Is Other than that, uh, it's also a largely francophone riding, especially for uh, a riding in Manitoba. Are those basically the two main reasons of why you chose that riding to run in? But the main reason is, you know, this riding is a little bit like my former riding in Bose. It's a rural riding first. And like you said in the beginning, it's a very, you know, people here are conservative-minded. And that's important for me because the, the conservative are not conservative anymore. They're only conservative in name. And there's a lot of important issues for people here in this riding where, you know, the conservative and the leader, Pierre Polyev, does not allow his MP to speak about that. So I decided to choose that writing to be a, a candidate here in the Portage List Guard. And yes, you're right. Um, our candidate, uh, Salomon, did very well at the last general election. He had 22% of the vote, came second. And I believe that, you know, have a chance to win. We can do uh, we can do a lot for the writing, uh, promoting the real conservative values like, you know, all that uh, toxic ideology of the trans ideology. We need to tell the truth about that. Uh, another subject that is very important for people here, the farmers, uh, you know, all that climate change hysteria. Uh, Polyev and the Conservative won't do anything. Uh, they're, you know, they're okay with the Paris Accord. We will withdraw from the Paris Accord. So we have the same values, and that's what I'm, I'm promoting here. And I, I'm telling them, you know, don't waste your vote. Don't vote for the fake Conservative. You know, they are taking your vote for granted in this writing. When you have a, 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 a candidate, a can, Conservative candidate like Candice, like you said, uh, a candidate that is able to win with 70% uh, of the vote, 65% of the vote. What Pierre Polyev is telling um, his candidates from Western Canada, you know, we want to be in power. We uh, need to go to the left and we want to please people in Toronto, Montreal and Vancouver. So, but they're not promoting the conservative values. That's what people are not so happy with that in that uh, riding. And I believe that I have a chance to change that. Okay, um, I want to know what changed uh, regarding uh, your decision to sort of um, evolve, I guess, uh, that's an interesting word to use, actually, to, to 
to just sort of change the focus of the PPC platform. This is you in 2019. Bernier says abortion and gender identity not on People's Party of Canada platform. And then in uh, about a month ago, Maxime Bernier to announce the reopening of abortion debate in Canada if he wins June by-election. Did you just read the tea leaves inside the riding or the country? What made you do the about face on the abortion and the gender thing? Yeah, on the abortion, I want to insert what you said. You know, what I said in 2019, uh, because at that time we had a candidate, Loraline, uh, that uh, Thompson, she was running in uh, Alberta, and she said, I want to table a bill to stop, uh, uh, you know, late term abortion. And she called me as a leader. I said, yes, you have the right to do that. We are open to that. We are open to reopen the debate. And I said that actually you in the during the campaign in 2019, because I had some questions from the national journalists about that. And I said, you know, I'm ready to open the debate. Yes. And I'm against late term abortion. That's me personally. And that's the same position that I have right now. You know, people here in Western Canada voted for pro-life candidates for the last 35 years and nothing happened. And I said to people in this writing, you have a chance to make history. And for the first time, we need to have that debate in Ottawa. We are the only country in the Western world uh, that doesn't have any legislation on abortion. You can have an abortion a couple of hours before giving birth. And, uh, and when the Supreme Court of Canada decided in 1989 to uh, allow abortion, they said, you know, that debate must go to the parliament and members of parliament must decide and put a restriction on abortion. But they didn't do that. The Conservative under Brian Mulroney didn't do that. Harper didn't do that. And actually, Harper did everything to stop that. Uh, you just hold on a second, Max. I think someone stepped on a cord or something because your audio just went out. Can you tell the, someone off camera that your audio just went kaput? Yeah. Uh, no, there you are. You're back. You're back. My audio is back. Yeah. Your audio is back. I'm sorry about that. Can I play a clip from you and I last year um, about abortion? I want to see if that if if what I'm about to show squares with what you and I talked about last year. Black, black, black let's let's end it on a light note and talk about abortion. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Where do you stand on it? And and what do you think uh, the the Supreme Court decision in the states uh, will, if any, will have any impact uh, in Canada? No, I don't think it will have an impact in Canada. The only impact that we have right now is we are we are speaking about it because of because it's it is in the news in the U.S. But uh, it won't have any impact at the federal level. I don't believe that we'll have a legislation on abortion in Canada. But because also we are the only political party that is ready to open the debate. I saw Pierre Polyev yesterday at the at their debate, the conservative debate, and he said he's pro-choice and he doesn't want to open the debate. But I believe, what are you? What are you? But but for me, for me, the uh, the People's Party don't have any position on abortion, and we won't. We are welcoming uh, free free choice of people, uh, and we are coming also uh, people that are ready to reopen the abortion debate. We are. So you have remained pretty consistent, I would say, uh, in your opinion on abortion. Um, that specific context was about the Supreme Court decision in the United States and whether or not that would impact anything here. But a lot of people were saying that you did an about face on the abortion issue specifically when it came to um, what you wanted to see. And um, 
I may have misspoke earlier, but what I meant to say is that there was no about face on your position on abortion. But what I think I want to know, and I think what a lot of people want to know is, and I'll ask this in a sort of uh, broad stroke manner. Do you think that the leader of a party has to have an opinion on a contentious issue like abortion that would match the um, opinion uh, or that would match the policy that he would put forward? In other words, if you're pro-choice, is it okay to open the abortion debate and restrict abortion uh, in certain circumstances despite being pro-choice? Is that what a leader is supposed to do? said in 2019 personally i always said that you know when i said the party doesn't have a position i said that because you know everybody would be free to vote uh, that would be a free vote on abortion i cannot as the leader of the party impose on uh, my mps and and our candidates uh, who will be elected uh, my vision that's why i said the party won't impose anything but me personally as the leader of the of the People's Party, I said late-term abortion must end. We are killing onboard baby for the last 35 years in this country, about 100 a year for 35 years. And I said to people in this writing, let's have a victory because I cannot understand somebody who will vote against that. That would be a free vote. But we are the only country in Europe. They have legislation to restrict abortion at the second trimester. I'm saying at the third one, it's a baby at the third one. It's a murder. The baby can move. And so it's a it's a real baby. Let's stop that. Unless the, the, the life of the mother of the baby is in danger. But uh, that's the same position that I had. So when I'm saying the party won't have a position, I'm saying the party, the leader of the party, won't impose his personal choice on that to our candidates. Okay. Are you, I've asked you this before, and, and I know that a lot of people don't like it when a journalist asks this kind of question, but I don't really care because I ask a lot of people this question. How religious are you? And because because I I remember I joking with you. This is like the fifth time I've interviewed you, and I think I joked with you the first or second time that I feel like you're an atheist or agnostic, and you just don't want to tell anyone. <laughs> but can you tell me if this is um, motivated by a religious belief or just a policy uh, belief in general? Both, both. I'm a Catholic, and I, I believe that it's important to uh, you know prevent uh, abortion when when you you have a baby when that's a baby, and you know everybody can cannot disagree with that. You, we are the only country. Let's open that. So yes, I'm a Christian, and yes, I, I, we we need to promote life in this country. In this country, we have a cult of death with abortion. You can have an abortion at any time, and also with the assisted suicide. We are promoting that, uh, you know, in the beginning, it was supposed to be at the end of life. Now, you know, you're depressed. Let's kill you. you you're poor. Let's kill you. You know, they are promoting that. We must end that. You know, we must promote the cult of life and life is great. So that's why I'm, I'm, it's, it's common sense. We need to open the debate. And for, for the conservative and the liberals and the NDP and the Bloc Québécois and the Green, it's a taboo subject to speak about reopening the debate on abortion. There's no taboo subject for us. We are, and, and I want to have the debate. And actually, they don't want to debate because there's no argument against uh, 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 having an abortion, uh, against restricting abortion at the third trimester. Yeah, you know what's interesting is that I, I understand kind of where you're coming from. I'm not even a religious person, I, I, I but I understand 
I think Louis C.K. Um, said in a in a comedy skit once that abortion is just like killing babies, but women should have the right to do it. <laughs> and it, it's kind of interesting to me because I find that the debate is so contentious, and it, and it's represented by two sides that are very unreasonable at times. Um, how how would you actually enforce? A, a a third trimester ban on abortion what would it look like if a woman wanted to get one um what would the penalty be for the doctor or the woman like how would you enforce it well same thing like it was before uh, 1989 it would be criminal and illegal your audio went out again whatever you did with your ear oh you're wearing airpods aren't you your, your audio just went all weird again. My God, is it better? There you like go. That? You're good now. You're good now. Yep. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I was saying it, it would be like the same like it was in, in 1980, before 1989, that it, it would be in the criminal code. Uh, it would be illegal. It would be a crime if you if you have an abortion at the third trimester. So, and and it will be enforced by, by the RCMP. Like it's always been the case before 1989 but would it be the would the enforcement be against the doctor or the or the mother but it would be illegal so you know remember when we have it would be against the doctor for sure the person who will do that but you know i i want to tell you that a woman will have six months to decide if she wants an abortion or not. So, you know, let, and that's why I'm saying let's have that debate. And that's not a taboo debate. When you are the only country, there's no counter arguments. I, I cannot see a reasonable people being against that. And I understand pro-life people that are saying, you know, I'm fed up and I'm tired that for the last 30 years, we still have that. Let's have a win. Let's have that debate. And after that, if we want to have a discussion like in Europe, it's, it's all happening at the second trimester. Let's have that discussion after that. But we need to table a bill. And Polyev said, and it's in his policy book, a, a Polyev government won't table any legislation on abortion. That's his position. He is pro-choice and he doesn't want to have that because he's too scared, because he's not a real conservative he, and he doesn't want to fight for his own people. Yeah, the interesting thing is that as you contrast your conservative values against the conservative party, um, I think that obviously there's a real strategy there to sort of fill in the gap uh, where where you feel that Polyev is sort of leaving um, the conservative uh, culture in this country behind because he might not have the courage of his convictions. I'm interested in 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 something um, that you said earlier really quickly about the the issue uh, of transgenderism. And I was just wondering if you can expand on that a little bit. So tell me specifically what you talk what you're talking about. But the sexualization of our kids at school, it's happening in the riding here in Portage Les Guard. You know, we with with the trend we want to confuse children and and that's what they want the, the, the trans uh, radical trans activists and so that's why you have in school uh, here across the country the drag queen story hour that's not just for fun you know why not having grandma uh, reading uh, stories or, or a veteran reading stories no you have a trans and it's a sexualization of kids and we are telling kids you can be uh, in you can be another 
sex if you want. A little girl can be a little boy or a little boy can be a little girl. There's only two sexes. And, you know, it, it, we need, they, they are putting confusion when, when there's clarity. And, and you know, the gender uh, dysphoria exists and we must not promote that. So uh, people, are fe- people in the writing here are fed up with that. Nobody is speaking about that. It start, it, it, all that started by the pronoun. You know, uh, call me uh, another pronoun. And after that, it, the confusion started. And now you're telling kids, you know, you can be another, another sex. And we are giving hormones uh, to kids. Uh, it, it's, it, it must be criminal. It's the mutilation of kids. It's the indoctrination of kids, the sexualization of kids in our society. We must not accept that. You can do what you want with your body at 18 years old. But, you know, for kids, let the kids alone. Do you think it would be easier for you to make an argument in that realm if you stuck to things like uh, male-bodied um, prisoners in women's prisons or trans women in in sports? Do you think it would be just an easier road for you to go down? Because uh, trust me, I know from experience, it is very difficult to, to have a nuanced conversation about this issue. Uh, you know, I, I believe that trans people exist. I don't think that uh, kids should be uh, getting hormone blockers uh, or puberty blockers and hormone injections or anything like, you know, and I know it's rare, but like, I I still don't think they should, but it might be an easier argument for you if you just said, okay, maybe male bodied prisoners shouldn't be in women's prisons and just kept the message a little simpler because I think you're going down a road right now where the media is going to, and I know that this in a way kind of helps you sometimes with your base, but the legacy media is going to paint you as transphobic and anti-trans and all this kind of stuff so i'm just wondering if you're worried about your message sort of being lost in that in that fog james i agree with you 100 percent you're right you know we have uh, men that are uh, in women's sport and, and it's unfair competition we must stop that it's part of our platform same thing that yet yeah, like you said we had uh, violent crime criminals uh, that uh, you decided, you know, tomorrow, oh, I feel like to be a woman, so I want to be transferred in a woman jail or prison, and that's happening in our country. Yes, we must stop that. And also, I understand your point of view. The mainstream media can say, oh, Bernier is anti-trans and blah, 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 because it, they may do that. They may not do that. I cannot control them. You know, when I was speaking about immigration in 2019, they were saying that I was a racist because I want to have sustainable immigration. But now in 2023, with the mass immigration that I said, more people are understanding, yeah, we must stop that. We must have a discussion about the immigration level in our country. So I'm not a racist anymore speaking about immigration. I don't care what the mainstream media, how the mainstream media will call me. I know that what I'm saying, it's, it's, it's based on facts, it's real, and it must stop. What are the messages that have nothing to do with social conservatism that you are trying to communicate to voters in, in your writing that you're trying to win? About the climate hysteria, you know. <laughs> Polyev said he won't impose a carbon tax, and, but what he said also, he will impose more regulation on businesses, on farmers to uh, achieve the Paris Accord targets, and also he will give subsidies to the green uh, uh, lobby, to the green industry. We won't do anything. We will withdraw from the Paris Accord, and I believe that the farmers here in this writing 
really they're upset with Pierre Polyev about that. The cost of the fertilizer and they want to impose more regulation on them like they, they did, they're, they're doing in Europe. They don't want that. But Polyev, because he's buying the, the cool egg about, COVID, about the, the climate change, the climate change hysteria, we are not. We will withdraw from the Paris Accord. We won't impose any regulation. We won't impose any carbon tax. We, you know, the climate will always change. But for the environment, we, we can do something very concrete for the environment. And that's what we will do. I know you have to go. Um, before you go, I just want to know, do you feel like your, um, your politics has gone farther to the right over the last decade or so? Because you do seem a little bit more outspoken on certain issues, even from the time that I first interviewed you about three years ago. No, that's the conservative war going to the left. You know, you know I, I, I quit the Conservative Party of Canada in 2018, and I said that party is morally and intellectually corrupt because they're just conservative in name, and because of them, they don't fight for conservative values. This country is going to the left and the left and, and more and more to the left, and now the conservative to be in power they're going to the left also. So we are the only real conservative party and, and, and common sense and populist party in this country. And it's all about our four principles, individual freedom, personal responsibility, respect and fairness. And all our policies are in line with that. So what I'm saying today, I said that in 2019 at our, at our election and in 2021, maybe not in 2019 about the trends because it was not like it is today. Uh, you know, we must stop that. But, uh, you know, the policies are based on our principles, and that's why people appreciate what we are doing, because we're not doing politics based on polling and focus group. We have conviction, we are proud of that, and we will always fight for our conviction. Okay, Max Bernier, I know you have to go, and I would like to congratulate you for the first time in the five interviews that we've done where you didn't say the phrase that you're doing politics differently. Well done, my friend. <laughs> but I don't you think that because you know it's, it's real. <laughs> it's I know it's self-evident. Thank you though, sir. I, I appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you hopefully after the election. Okay. Yeah, thank you, James. I appreciate All right. that. Least, yeah, right, fine. Bye bye. All right, Max. Thanks. Okay. Um, the, every time I have Bernie on, the comments from my regular um, viewers are hilarious. <laughs> really funny, and I'm not diminishing it. I get what you're saying. Uh, and I want to kind of put on, um, you know, the, uh, the the comments a little bit more. But it, it's I feel bad, like for the guests, if the guest starts reading the comments, it's just going to be a distraction for everybody. But um, I hear what you guys are saying. The, the trans issue is always an interesting one to me. I'm not sure. This is an interesting statistic. Let's just talk about one specific area, and that is male-bodied prisoners in women's prisons. Uh, there, it, it's hard to find statistics on um, the things that happen when the problems that happen when trans women are put into uh, into women's prisons but if you do some due diligence you'll find out that the number one victims of violence that happens uh, when male-bodied prisoners go into women's prisons are indigenous women because indigenous women are overrepresented inside women's prisons and whenever there is violence or sexual assault committed by a male-bodied prisoner against a woman in women's prison it's usually or mostly an, an indigenous woman who's being victimized it's just some food for thought because that creates almost like a paradox in the world of the radical progressive i think who really want to be fair but sometimes end up victimizing a new pool of people 
because of their quest for fairness. So it's interesting. Um, I don't agree with everything that Max says, uh, but he, but he's always a good guest. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Tomorrow on Blackballed, uh, we have another very moderate person named Brett Wilson. who's <laughs> going to be on the show. And it's going to be, uh, what time is it? 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. 9.30 a.m. Mountain Time. So that will be an interesting interview. It took me like a year to book that interview because this guy is gallivanting all over the world. I have no idea how that interview is going to go, but I would love to know because I met him. I met Brett Wilson years ago, like a decade ago. He was sitting at my table for an event that I was at in Toronto when I was doing this Adrian Grenier documentary event. And he was reasonable. Like there was, We weren't talking about politics, but he seemed really nice. He's obviously really smart. And uh, he's going to be on the show tomorrow, but I, I, I got to tell you, I'm going to have to talk to him about, uh, you know, he, he called Justin Trudeau a traitor uh, once and, and that he should be charged with treason. And I'm just going to have to ask him things like, you know, what's a smart guy like you doing in a dumb thought like that? Uh, you know, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'll probably be nicer than that. Um, if he's listening, I'm just playing with you, uh, but you can take it. I've seen your tweets. So that should be an interesting interview. I also have an interview with a representative. I'm, I'm in Milwaukee, by the way, everybody, um, which is why I have a weird background like this. This is the generic couch in my hotel room. I'm interviewing the um, a representative from Harley-Davidson because it is their 120th anniversary that's coming up in July. I also might be interviewing uh, Ken Cox. He's a tech reporter uh, about the new, what is that called? Google or uh, Apple image? That, that thing you wear in your face? I can't remember what it's called. Anyways, um, he says that that will result in more government spying and more privacy breaches. So we'll figure out, we'll, we'll try to unpack that with him. And then I will be back in Canada uh, on Saturday. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us, everybody. And we'll see you next time on Black Bolt. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. 
kids. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we we the perfect perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous or sexy. Catch us on on the the Dean Dean Blundell Network or on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy democracy is is something something you do. do.